Hi everyone, this is Typhoon Talks, brought to you by Typhoon Consulting, a boutique management consultancy headquartered in Hong Kong, and I'm Chen Yang, a business consultant here with the firm. Today I'm catching up with my colleague Arthur Lee again to continue our serial discussion of human capital management and the predictive index. Welcome, Arthur. Hi, Chen. It's great to be back. In the past two episodes, we have looked at the importance of managing human capital as key resource to generate enterprise value, as well as the importance of using tools and enablers to better understand employees' needs and what drives them in the workplace from require, hire, inspire to retire. So today we're going to focus on how organizations can build practices in place to continually inspire employees. So inspiring people is always an interesting topic, and it's very important. Yeah, and I think this is very relevant for a lot of us as uh, as consultants or uh, for our audience members who are HR practitioners. I think the first few episodes of the PR we talked a bit about understanding an organization's requirements and your hiring. So using the PI, uh, you know, which is basically a personality assessment uh, combined with you know some cognitive assessments as part of the recruitment, filtering, and, and selection process. So today I really want to talk a bit about, we use the word inspiring. So it's using a tool um, like the PI to help with performance management, how you think about uh, designing reward and recognition and uh, future career planning and development for the employees because it's not a one-stop transaction. If your employees are going to be with you for some time in an organization, how can you use something like the PI? And it doesn't necessarily need to be the PI. You've got, you know, um, the MBTI, DISC, Hogan's, all these types of assessments, how are they feeders into the, the life cycle? So one thing I do want to talk about is um, team dynamics and team patterns. A lot of these tests focus on uh, the assessment at an individual level. It starts becoming very powerful when you start to aggregate the results at a what I call a team level. Only then can you then start to use the tools like the PI in a greater context. I think what's important here is uh, team diversity. So when you start aggregating the PI pattern, you can actually get an average of how the team uh, behaves and what drives them. So recalling back to the previous episodes, Chen, you may remember we had people who were erring towards you know, being very proactive in nature or likes rules and controls, those who are stabilizers. So if you aggregate that to a team of let's say five to 10 people, typical project team size or a department size, you get some very interesting insights about how the actual team behaves at a department level. So as a manager, that becomes very powerful because not only are you managing people at an individual level, but you can draw some conclusions, so to speak, for how to manage a team in general. And that that can be very powerful as a HR leader or also just a day-to-day manager. When you do the aggregation, do you take medium or take average score? Yeah, so aggregation means it's an addition. So it's not an average per se, but let's say we have five people and we measure them across dimensions of A, B, C, D. So to recap, A is a measure of dominance, B is about extroversion, C, stability, and D, formality. So when you add all those patterns together, you get uh, basically a construct which shows uh, at an aggregate the score. So if the team is erring towards being uh, collaborative, collaboratively focused or there's a there's a competitive drive in that um, you can also see from a team if they tend to be more service oriented or are they very much more fact-based and you know evidence 
uh, base driven. So that's, I guess, the, the first part. Averaging, there's a risk of diluting, I guess. So I'm kind of guessing your next question, Chen, which is, um, does averaging actually dilute the results? Well, no, because you still have your outliers, right? No team will always perform the same. You always have people who sit across the spectrum, which bring a lot of diversity to the team. The question is how to manage that, I guess. But I was thinking when you average, mm -hmm. is it possible that people will feel more exclusive when they are an outlier? So this is uh, coming back to how to administer the PI at an individual and a team level. So if you look at it at an individual level, the focus is about understanding the person at an individual level. When you're aggregating to a team, you're actually looking at the PI from a position perspective. So I'll use a typical example of, let's say you're managing a finance department. Yeah. A typical finance department will have people who do um, financial planning analysis, there may be some management reporting, uh, there may be people who are involved in a treasury function, uh, sometimes uh, people who are in the risk compliance role also fold into finance. So within one function, you actually have various different job families and positions. Now you won't expect that people uh, of different skills have very similar characteristics in those roles. So you always have outliers. And that's really important because let's look back into a world where if you didn't use the PI or another type of assessment, then you manage people the same way. Or yeah. worse still, you inject your own bias to how you want to manage people. But by being able to see at an aggregate, oh, our team are a bunch of stabilizers. They like to work in a consistent, steady paced, uh, non-changing environment. They like to have rules and structures in place. But then you've got maybe someone who's a bit different from the rest of the team. That, as a, that insight is very important because you can know specifically for this particular individual, if this person operates a bit differently, you've got a bit of a, a reason or some evidence to suggest why that's the case. And the onus is then on the manager, you, to find different levers to motivate them or manage them a bit differently because they are slightly different. Yeah. And I have another question leading to the cultural differences. Sure. So have you ever noticed any pattern differences among different cultures? For instance, Westerners are more, you know, they're known as independent individuals. So is it likely that very high A and very low D? Yes. So that's a very good question, Chen, and I'll have to flatly say no. So one powerful attribute of the PI is that it's been done over 20 million times. We've got 20 million data points globally, uh, administered in, in many, many countries, as I said in the first episode. So the PI is really powerful to breaking these what I call cultural stereotypes. It's been uh, tested against gender, age, uh, ethnicity, i.e., you know, cultural upbringing as well, and it's seen to uh, be very stable across patterns. So whilst you can look at, um, and I love this, this, this area of work, um, Hofstetter's cultural dimensions, where you can see certain cultures at an aggregate level may display certain types of behaviors. So if I use Hofstetter, for example, nexus of control, power distance and hierarchy probably relate to the D factor mm -hmm. um, in Asia and what we call Western countries, again, a very large bucket there will be some variation. What we've found with the PI is because it comes back to the individual level and it's very hard to you know, discern, you know, let's say you may be you know, ethnically Chinese, but yeah. you have been brought in another environment. So your PI pattern is actually very complex. Recall back to my first episode, people are complex. So right. it's very hard to make these generalizations. 
Where the PI becomes very powerful then is it can break those types of stereotypes and look at a team, whether it be um, ethnically uh, homogenous or if it's diverse, that is actually not a factor. You should be looking at the collective of the individuals in the team to make your decision making. I see. Mm. So we just talked a bit about PI aggregation on the team level. Mm-hmm. How to incorporate PI in personal development and the performance review process? Sounds good. So I think one thing that's very important is the life cycle of the PI. And I think when we spoke about the tool, um, it's a very stable pattern. So over time, as I said, uh, it's like a rub band. It may stretch over time, but it doesn't necessarily change significantly. And that's one of the great things about these types of assessments. Uh, a person's work experience and the wisdom and the knowledge can uh, you know, change and accumulate over time, but the needs and behaviours are relatively stable. So I think that, that's the first thing to be aware of. The other thing that uh, I find the PI, and there are other assessments in the market which um, are very powerful in, in this regard, is sometimes you do this as a bit of an icebreaker activity. So, you know, Chen, you know, you and I have been in, in consulting for some time. We've uh, participated in many client events and we've facilitated events where you use personality assessments as, a, as an icebreaker or something as, as, a, as a recharge. Yeah. You do it, and then a few years from now, you go to another workshop and you do something that's similar. Right. So your results that tend to be put in the bucket, you may forget it for a few years, you sometimes go on your social media and Facebook and, oh, there's a free online test, I'll do it again. Oh, that's similar, yeah. But how does that actually get used in workplace? So I think there's two criteria for success. One is having your managers be aware of the tool and incorporating that into your performance management and review process. The second part is to make the common language in the organisation so that it's always front of mind. Uh, So the advice and and the recommendation we give to a lot of our clients is to have the administrator of the PI sit within your organisation. I think that's key. The second part is look for tools like the PI which provide coaching and mentoring, you know, checklists and a guide for when you do the performance management process. So when you do ask the right questions and give the feedback, the PI can actually help you generate the types of language, the questions that you should be looking for. Um, when when talking with a specific candidate. I think that's very important. With the existing employees, should we do the PI regularly? Um, So it comes back to organisational choice. Uh, It can be very safe to do the PI maybe every three to five years. Now, it really depends on the employee attrition and the turnover you have in your organisation. If you do the PI too regularly, people get too familiar and there is a risk of them skewing the results because after a while you get familiar with the word choices and the pairs and there is a risk of manipulating the results. Now, the the PI has a scientific factor of a P-score of 0.7, so it's hard to manipulate, but there is still room for manipulation. By doing it over three to five years, I guess people become less focused on the actual metric and the assessment and can be quite authentic about how they choose the words. So it's okay and and it can be powerful to see if people do progress in an organisation, whether their PI pattern changes over time. And uh, there there is ways to measure that, you know, how many sigmas and how many standard deviations, which is why uh, at Typhoon we love this tool because Sometimes people confuse human resources as being a very soft discipline, whereas actually it's a very scientific discipline, but with a very soft touch. Yeah, I feel like at a typhoon, PI is already part of our language. And whenever we have happy hour, we always discuss PI and how our interaction reflects the PI results. 
Exactly, Chen. So that's also part of the employee experience. So you don't save the PI as a once-off for the recruitment, or if it becomes too formal and you only bring it up during your coaching, mentoring, and performance discussions. If it becomes common language and, you know, when we, uh, as you said, socialise and we talk about it, it becomes much more powerful. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about in the employee life cycle is we recognise that in today's workplace, um, we work in project teams. So whether it be work streams or self-forming teams, um, whether it be in, a, in an agile fashion, etc. So if you understand the PI and you know everyone's certain preferences and when you then form a self-forming team, it's a bit of a shortcut to how you form and stabilise the team. Uh, think from a change management perspective of teams. So there's always the, you know, forming, storming, uh, norming and then performing you can actually reduce the time that you spend on the storming phase, again, because you have more data. And by having more data, you can then get a, get a better outcome effectively. So uh, I think people forget that whilst these tools are very formal, if you become more aware, you can actually use that. And you don't need to be a certified practitioner. So performance review process is often difficult for both line managers and employees. Can you give us one example of how we should use PI in performance review process. More than happy to do so, Chen. And I think this is a very good practitioner's question, right? Um, just to recap, performance review is usually a reflection of the year gone by, so your performance and the evidence that you've demonstrated that you've met expectations. And then the second half is usually related to goal setting and stretching you know, targets for, for the coming year and any development needs. So a good performance management review should be very evidence-based and should focus on the achievements that the employee has, has um, achieved over the year and also you know, areas for, for improvement. So it has to be very evidence-based. The PI can be very useful because if you understand the, um, the default pattern of an employee, you can understand if that is a strength or if that has been a factor that has led to a, a less than ideal performance. For example, if you need to give feedback to an employee to say, look, um, we need to see an improvement in the way you respond to pressure, better resilience. So we may have heard okay. that feedback before, but we can be very scientific about your basis, your basic pattern means that you may not have a default positive response to a pressure environment. So what are some ways or tools to focus on that or be more aware so that you can address those um, you know, growth uh, challenges? Uh, another example would be um, the feedback may be you're able to make very quick, sharp decisions. Uh, that again can be reflected in the PI where people can shortcut the way they make decisions make mainly based more on gut feel and reliance on historical validation as opposed to being more data driven. So the feedback can be positive or, or uh, negative in a sense that it means that this person may need to spend a bit more time using data to make decisions or actually one of your key strengths is the ability to make sound decisions with very limited data keep up the good work so you can see there's a lot of nuances when you look at the feedback you need to give to an employee and you can use the pi as a basis for understanding uh, where they need to pivot if they need to leverage strength or if it's a known gap that is driven by personality and behavior you can cover that as well again i look my baseline is if you didn't have a tool like the pi it's very hard to have these structured conversations by having that, at least you've got a baseline for discussion that you can agree to. And I think that's important. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I like about PI because it really gives me a structure to look at different dimensions of personality uh, or work beha behavior. I think one of the challenges with any performance review is because a lot of it is resting on maybe a remuneration increase, a promotion, it can get quite emotional for a lot of people if it's in a very competitive nature. So we want to use these tools to dial back down the emotional aspect, but let's focus more on the, the facts and, and the data. And then you can have a more balanced conversation as well. It's particularly useful when your day-to-day -day line manager may not have all the complete information um, to make those assessments. So any more data is usually better to make that you know uh, discussion more transparent and fair. Yeah. One of my friends, he has a very strong personality. So he had a talk with his line manager but all the feedback he got from the line manager was that your personality is not a match for the company but the manager was unable to give any specific example or structure to convince him so the c result of that communication was that he still keeps the way he is doing right now mm -hmm. and the manager still can't expect the change from him so I'm um, trying to get some free consulting advice here Chen. no yeah. that's fine <laughs> uh, what we'll do is um, I think this is a very uh, useful case study and it's actually very common so usually you need to ask yourself um, okay if there was a personality difference in the first place was the original hiring fit um, you know correct now what's the past is the past you can't change that it's up to obviously the manager to work collaboratively with the employee to uh, resolve those differences so to speak or to find the right style and the job fit for them to, to perform the best that they can um, those we call strong personalities, again, we can be very scientific about. The PI is about these people have very pronounced patterns and are very sure of themselves and have a very strong self-identity. So one way to address that is to tailor the communication style so that if people are willing to listen, that's usually the first way to unfreeze or be self-aware of, yes, there is something we need to address. It, yeah. It's not about jumping to the solution. I think the second part is also understanding when they say personality uh, misfit, are we talking about the line manager and the employee or is it the line manager and the team and line manager and the aggregate, the organisation? Again, that gives us a bit more levers to pull and to understand where the problem is. So that, that would be the, you know, the, the diagnostic that you would use and, and, and a good example of how the PI can help you hone in on the root cause of some of those issues. Yeah, I just think it's very vague when you say you're not a match for the company culture or you're not matched with me. But if you can actually visualize someone's performance on the chart with A, B, C, D positions, and also if you can communicate in a structured way, it will ha actually help the candidates to improve and work on certain aspects. I agree. So any other uses of the PI tool to inspire employees during their time within organizations? I think uh, there's a lot of tools and that's why I like uh, these types of frameworks because it's grounded in science but the tools can vary based on different types of applications so uh, I'm, I'm just very conscious of time so it looks like Chen what we'll do is we'll do a, a final episode sure. and I want to talk about what we call the retire phase so it's not about retiring employees, but let's talk about succession planning and as people move towards promotion. So how you can use a tool like the PI for them in an organization as they retire from their current role and pursue uh, the next role within the organization or outside if need be. I think that's an important discussion um, and we can talk a bit about how that applies. And then I think from an episode perspective, you, we've all have experienced the whole employee life cycle and I think that's a, a very nice way for, for our, our audience 
to understand how this tool can apply throughout uh, you know, the employee life cycle. This concludes this episode of Typhoon Talks. Follow us on Twitter at Typhoon Bus, iTunes and SoundCloud at Typhoon Talks for all past episodes. Also, welcome to visit our website at Typhoon